0: Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to Get Your Goat. A lot to get into right now. The schedule for week one of the NFL has just dropped. I'm going to go through every matchup. I'm excited. The NFL slated a lot of intriguing, great matchups and storylines for each game in week one. So we will be doing a deep dive Into that, along with Russell Westbrook's record-setting night the other night. The Warriors finishing on a tear, clenching a play-in spot. LeBron and Harden, James Harden returning tonight. My NHL Top 5, the last edition of that until the season is over. And then some MLB news as well. So let's get right into it starting with the NFL schedule, or at least the week one. Week one is dropped. The rest will be released later this afternoon and evening. But as for now, we know week one what the matchups will be. So starting off, Thursday Night Football on NBC to kick off the season, September 9th, you have the Dallas Cowboys traveling to face the defending Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ooh, this, I did not expect this matchup to be first. I know Tampa Bay has a more favorable schedule, but I thought they might throw the Bills or a divisional opponent, something in there for the first week, but they put America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, up against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers going at it, what I think will be a great matchup. You've got Dak Prescott returning to the Cowboys this year. On his record setting deal going up against Tom Brady and the Bucks on the quest to repeat what many have pegged as NFC East champions and the Cowboys and NFC South champions and the Bucks. Could this be a playoff preview? It could be. It very well could be. But I like Tampa Bay in this matchup. Tampa Bay's experienced. They're gunning. That crowd is going to be fired up. Ready to go. The rings are out. The banners up. Ooh. That is going to be a great night. The Bucks fans. It'll be loud there. And... I'll just make a prediction. I'm not going to make a prediction for every game, but I will say this. The Buccaneers will open up the season 1-0. and Last year, Buccaneers lost their opener on the road to the Saints. In a game, Brady looked off. The whole team looked off. But with the chemistry, everybody back. Their starting their track, on the quest to repeat. With a statement win over the Cowboys, this young defense that's young, couldn't it be talented? Yes. Micah Parsons, uh, Trevon Diggs in uh, company back there, Dan Quinn trying to anchor it, trying to give it that Legion of Boom esque defense. But this will be too much. This will be too tough of a test. Uh, the first week on the Cowboys will not know what hit them when Tom Brady and the Bucks roll through them. Chris Godwin will be putting up big numbers, Mike Evans. Antonio Brown with a lot of targets. This defense is going to get after Dak Prescott. They're only getting better. But that is a great first-week matchup. And, of course, a ratings matchup for the NFL to have the Super Bowl champions and the Tom Brady following to go against America's team, the Cowboys. And a great Matchup. Then, Sunday, many matchups, but we'll go down through the list, starting with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to say this. I should have gave my other one a grade. Uh, The Cowboys-Buccaneers, I'm giving that grade a B because it's the Cowboys. It's not a high Talented Super Bowl contending team. I don't think the Cowboys are one, so I will give it a B, a B plus, just because it is the first game of the season. It's a Bucks, Cowboys. and It's going to be must watch TV. But the Eagles and Falcons does not intrigue me as much. It is going to be interesting to see Jalen Hurts as the starter for that team. Devonte Smith coming in, coming in there now as a rookie. Are they going to develop some chemistry? Uh, new coaches. As well. How our Vegan affair going into Atlanta. Matt Ryan aging yet another year. You've got Calvin Jones Cal, or Calvin Ridley. Is Julio Jones going to be healthy? How explosive is Kyle Pitts going to be day one? We had two of the best pass catchers coming out of a draft. Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts going up head to head as rookies. We're going to see who brings in more yardage. Who does better that first team? I think that will be a great matchup just to see those two young stars. But I don't believe the Eagles will be making the playoffs. I don't believe the Falcons will be in a playoff push. So it really is exciting to see Devontae Smith and Kyle Pitts. But other than that, that is all the intrigue I get to see. So because of that, I'm giving that matchup a D. Then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. To me, this is a very intriguing matchup to see where the Steelers are at. I know where the Bills are at. Josh Allen is coming off an MVP type of season. Can he replicate that success? Will him and Stephon Diggs replicate that success? Cole Beasley as well has been there the great great wide receiver duo they were, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders. In the draft, they bolstered up this defensive line as well. So are we going to see the same high-fly Bills team that we saw last year? If so, Bills Mafia will be proud in this first game. But the Steelers, are we going to see that 11-0 team that we saw that they started off with, or are we going to see the team that they faltered to when they were 1-4 and four over their final five games. Actually, won 5 if you count their playoff loss to the Browns, too. How's Big Ben going to look? Same receiver, Corvair, Chase Claypool, Juju Schuster. Offensive line took a little bit of a hit. How's Najee Harris going to perform? Bing the lead back. That's going to be an interesting thing to see. I'm excited to see that. But since it's in Buffalo... This was a Sunday night matchup uh, towards the end of this previous uh, year, I believe week 14 week 15. Uh, and the Bills just dominated them offensively. The Steelers' offense made the Bills' defense look like world beaters, uh, which they weren't uh, last year. But this holds a lot of intrigue because this is a high-profile AFC matchup. Already in week one, and and I love myself some Najee Harris, so I want to see how he does. I want to see how this Bills pass rush performs with the new guys they brought in from the draft. This is an intriguing matchup. I'm also giving this matchup a B. Then week one, you have the Minnesota Vikings and the Cincinnati Bengals. Doesn't hold a lot of intrigue, but there are some things I want to see. Joe Burrow coming back from his nasty knee injury where he tore his ACL last year. How does he look this year? Is there any signs of rust or damage, or will he come back to his high-flying self uh, where he would have won the Rookie of the Year last year if he didn't tear his ACL? New wide receiver, Jamar Chase from LLSU, his boy, his dog. How do they look together, the chemistry? Is this offensive line, through one year, got any better at all? But we'll see. This Vikings team, as well you have Joe Burrow's other dog on the other side, Justin Jefferson. Is he going to replicate his rookie success with Kirk Cousins? Is Adam Thielen going to stay healthy? Drafted a new offensive line, this should be better for Kirk Cousins. Will definitely help out Dalvin Cook. As well, is this defense going to look better, Mike Zimmer, the defensive mastermind that comes to mind? I uh, had no, uh, what's what am I looking for here? He had no uh, answers for the problems that plagued his Viking defense last year. Will this defense look better? against a Bengals team with a weak offensive line, that will tell us a lot. If they do look better, if your secondary is better as well, holding up against an electric wide receiver such as Jamar Chase, they also have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. So this is a young, intriguing matchup for me. I'd be more intrigued, too, if Kirk Cousins didn't even start. And you put Mond, who put up some great numbers at Texas A&M back there at quarterback... But since Kirk Cousins is there, I like seeing Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I've got to give this a C grade. Then the San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions. Ooh. This, I don't know if this could get any worse uh, as an opener for the Detroit Lions. Because... You have the 49ers, one year removed from losing, blowing a lead in the Super Bowl this past year, decimated by injuries. Now everybody's going to be back with a chip on their shoulder in a loaded NFC West. And they get to face the Lions. The Lions? Oh, this could be a long day. For those Detroit Lions. Nick Bosa back. He's going to get after Jared Goff. He's used to that. Fred Warner as well. Jimmy Garoppolo's back. George Kittle will be fully healthy as well. This could be a long day for the Detroit Lions. We'll see how Sewell holds up against a healthy vaunted San Francisco 49ers pass rush see how this supposedly great offensive line holds up we'll see how Jared Goff does DeAndre Swift as well this terrible defense can they contain the 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo isn't a world beater as well but will the Detroit Lions make him look like one when the Detroit Lions have done that so often making opposing quarterbacks we have no business putting up crazy numbers. Put up crazy numbers. We'll see. But I got the 49ers in this one. Don't think it will be a competitive game. That's why my intrigue matchup will be a C, C minus. I want to give it a D. But since I am intrigued by how the Lions do look, I have to give it a C. Then the Arizona Cardinals. And the Tennessee Titans Another terrific Terrific First game matchup DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray Have one year Under their belt. Brought in James Connor uh, Brought in Rodney Hudson At center to bolster this offensive line Brought in A.J. Green Defense J.J. Watt Chandler Jones is back Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons another year, drafted Zayvon Collins. A lot of athletes on that defensive side, they want to be the new NFC West powerhouse. Can they do it? Will they have a chance to make a statement against the Tennessee Titans? And last year, nobody stopped Derrick Henry. Nobody stopped Derrick Henry over the course of the past two seasons. Derrick Henry's looked great. J.J. Watt knows a lot about Derrick Henry. Since he was there on the Houston Texans. Facing Derrick Henry twice a year. In that matchup. How will he fare? The new additions that Titans brought in. The Danico Autry. The Bud Dupree. Does that bolster their weak pass rush that they had last year? Can they get after Kyler Murray? Make him discomforted? I don't know. But to me this is a great matchup. You have AFC South division winner. Titans going against... A team that just barely missed the playoffs and are ascending in the Cardinals. This is a lot of intrigue to see where both teams are at. Have the Cardinals truly made another step? The same with the Titans. Are they back to where they were when they were in the AFC Championship game? Or are they not there anymore? Great matchup. I'm giving this an A grade. I'm looking forward to watching this. And another huge game right after that as well. The Seattle Seahawks in the Indianapolis Colts. This, to me, has intrigue written all over it because it's in Indianapolis. This is Carson Wentz' home opener with his new team, his new head coach, a better offensive line, a fantastic running game, a great defense headed by Darius Leonard, Drafted players to replace you know but Justin Houston up front to get after his quarterback will this defense be great great defense had been noted to stifle Pete Carroll's high-flying offenses in Seattle can the Colts do it well we'll see as this is an early morning game in Indianapolis which doesn't bode well for the Seattle Seahawks But we're going to see the new philosophy, new offensive coordinator in place. Are they going to try to run the ball more with Chris Carson? They still have a bad offensive line. Are they going to let Russ Cook and give it to DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, the new speedster wide receiver they drafted in the third round? What are they going to do? Will the Seahawks be able to beat this tough Colts defense? Is Carson Wentz really going to look good against an okay Seahawks defense, or is his best days really that far behind him? This game will tell us a lot. Jamal Adams should be back healthy after surgeries on his shoulders. We'll see if K.J. Wright returns or not, but Bobby Wagner anchoring that defense. Kerry Hyder on the defensive line. This very young and experienced secondary going up against, I don't think, our great Colts wide receivers. And Pittman or T.Y. Hilton? So we'll see. There's a lot of intrigue to see. You know, Seattle Seahawks just uh, NFC West champions. Colts missed a game. was were in the playoffs, but missed uh, winning their division by one game. See, where are they trending in the first week? Are the Seahawks where are they at? Where are they let, did they lose a step? Same with the Colts. Did they gain a step? Did they lose a step? Or did they stay about the same with their quarterback? My grade for that is also in A. Then you have the Los Angeles Chargers going up against the Washington football team. Young Stars going at it. Defensive player of the year. Chase Young going against defensive rookie of the year. Chase Young going against offensive rookie of the year. Justin Herbert. In what I think will be a terrific matchup see if the Chargers offensive line men that they guarded they brought in Corey Lindsley as well from Green Bay are we going to anchor and protect Justin Herbert if he has more time expect Keenan Allen to get open and make plays Mike Williams Jared Cook this offense could be flying how is their defense how is their secondary that'll be answered against speedsters like Terry McLaurin on the Washington football team in which will be a very good test. I like this matchup, but I don't like it that much. I'm giving it a C. Then this matchup, just for pure quarterback appeal, the Carolina Panthers and the New York Jets. The intriguing storyline that Samuel, Sam Darnold, the quarterback for the New York Jets the past three years, was traded as offseason two. the Carolina Panthers, and the Panthers then traded Teddy Bridgewater to a different team, so it looks like it will be Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick, going against Sam Darnold in the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold, his wide receivers, he never had on the Jets with D.J. Moore. He had Robbie Anderson, but he didn't have D.J. Moore. Zach Wilson getting a lot of help through a draft. I drafted a running back for him, an offensive lineman. Uh, Elijah Moore, wide receiver. They signed Corey Davis. They had Jamison and Crowder, so they are helping Zach Wilson. Robert Sala, the defensive mastermind in San Francisco 49ers. Can he at least solve some problems uh, with this defense that was in place last year? We'll see. That Jets defense for sure. No Sam Darnold. How will that matchup go? That has intrigue to it. But not that intriguing. I'm also giving it a C. The Jacksonville Jaguars in the Houston Texans. You've got Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow, Travis Etienne and Jacksonville. Their first game. How will that go against the Houston Texans team that no longer has J.J. Watt? DeAndre Hopkins has been gone. Will Deshaun Watson be the quarterback? That is the main storyline surrounding that game. Will Deshaun Watson be there? If not, to me, this has no intrigue value. I'm giving this an F. Don't want to watch it. Don't like Urban Meyer. Don't like Trevor Lawrence. Don't like the Houston Texans without uh, Deshaun. But if Deshaun is in, I'm definitely giving this a B to see Trevor Lawrence And the team that wants to take over the AFC South go up against Deshaun Watson after he put up great numbers last year. Then, getting into the afternoon uh, slot matchups, the later ones, you have to meet a terrific, terrific matchup. The Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to go on the record and say this should have been Sunday night football or Monday night football. This should have been the matchup, the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is an A-plus, A-plus matchup. To me, you could have the AFC Championship game preview week one in Kansas City. We're going to see Baker Mayfield... With a healthy OBJ and Jarvis Landry, the best running back duo in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, top five offensive line. are they looking as good as they were last year? Then on defense, how of this new defense look? Miles Garrett, newly added Jadavion Clowney, drafted Jeremiah Wosu, Koromoa, Troy Hill, Denzel Ward, uh, John Jackson, or John Johnson, in the secondary Are they going to be able to stop the high-powered Kansas City Chiefs passing game with Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, DeMarcus Robinson? How will this offensive line look for the Kansas City Chiefs? They revamped it after their Super Bowl loss to the Buccaneers. How does it look, Which, which could be a very stout Browns, Defensive front, can they hold their own against four men? How does that look? We'll find out is the Browns' secondary really that improved? They'll get a tough test early on. Will Patrick Mahomes look the same after his foot injury? Will there be any lingering effects there in terms of his mobility or the terms or in the times that he carries himself scrambling or will he be the same old Patrick Mahomes? That we saw. Who knows. But you've got Baker versus Patrick. OBJ and Jarvis. Versus Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. A better looking Chiefs line. Against an even better looking Browns line. This is great. You know this was the AFC divisional matchup where Patrick Mahomes didn't play the second half because of an injury but the Browns could not do. If they were in a big hole, there were some questionable calls made against the Browns that shouldn't have gone that way. That could have turned the tide of a game. But we'll see if the Browns are for real. I don't need the Browns winning this game. I just need to know if they can hang with Patrick Mahomes and keep it close because if they can keep it close, then I think we have an AFC Championship preview game. Of course, it's just the first week, and teams tune up between week one and week 17, or week 18, which it'll be now, but I love this matchup, giving this an A-grade, A+. plus. A+. This is my favorite matchup of the first week. I'm excited to see this, and these two teams go at it. Then what I believe is like an annual first-game matchup, the Miami Dolphins, and the New England Patriots. of Iowa Has new weapons in Will Fuller. Newly drafted Jalen Waddell. Defense got a little help as well. How will this Dolphins team look? And how will this new Patriots team look? Their defense coming back after most of them took a year off for COVID. Got Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry to have a nice two tight end set. Drafted. Mac Jones, is he going to start, or is Cam Newton going to start? And if it is, former teammates going at it, Tua Tagovailoa and Mac Jones. A lot of intrigue right there to see if Patriots' big money moves in free agency have paid off at all, or if what the Dolphins are building is actually the right way to do it through the draft picks, raising your own. We shall see. But this has quite a bit of intrigue for me, even though I don't like the teams I'm giving this A-B. Then the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. This is intriguing because with the Saints, you no longer have Drew Brees. This is in New Orleans, so this could be a huge game for Drew Brees. Saints fans, right there, will there be any special moment commemoration to Drew, you can bet on that that there will be. It'll be loud there in the Superdome. Alvin Kamara, Cameron Jordan, Michael Thomas, back to healthy Marshawn Lattimore. But the question for Saints stands: Who will be quarterback? Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston. We shall see. But even bigger news on the Packer side is Aaron Rodgers going to be our quarterback? Or not. If so, I think this game will be intriguing no matter what. If so, I think the Packers definitely have the edge of this game. If not, this is an evenly intriguing matchup. I'm still going to give it a B because it's in the Superdome. Drew Brees' is night, which it will be, and it'll be a great night. Alvin Kamara, what he did of the Packers last year on Sunday Night Football. Torching them even though the team lost. He looked great and was great all last season. Almost broke the single game record for most rushing touchdowns in a game. This has a lot of intrigue for me. Again, a B. Then you have the Denver Broncos and the New York Giants. Not a lot of intrigue to me. But if Aaron Rodgers were to go to Denver, which Denver's looking into, that would be highly intriguing But how will the Broncos look? Will it be Drew Locke starting at quarterback? Will it be Teddy Bridgewater? How will this defense look? Patrick Sertan going up against the Giants uh, where Daniel Jones is looking to take a Josh Allen type of leap with Kenny Galladay, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley is back and healthy. But how will this Giants defense look? We'll see a lot of question marks on both sides. I'm not hugely intrigued by this matchup. I'm going to give this a D. Then the Sunday night game, Sunday night football on NBC, the Chicago Bears and the Los Angeles Rams. To me, I wasn't happy about that being the Sunday night game compared to the slot of games uh, that I've mentioned. So far, I already told you I wanted the Chiefs and the Browns and that Sunday night slot. But it seems like the Rams always get a slot, whether it be Monday night football or Sunday night football. And the Rams have Sunday night against the Bears. But this is an intriguing matchup, the more I thought about it. Because with the Chicago Bears, who will be quarterback? Andy Dalton promised a starting job. Same with Nick Foles. But you drafted Justin Fields, who's going to start day one. My money is on Justin Fields. How will he look with Allen Robinson and David Montgomery? How will this defense look that has taken steps back after being the number one defense a few years ago? Then you have the Rams who have the number one defense, the reigning number one defense with Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey, but you lost a couple secondary pieces in there with Michael Brockers, Troy Hill, John Johnson. How will your depth be tested against the Bears, especially if it's a spread-type offense with Justin Fields? Then the big question is, how does the improvement on offense look with Matthew Stafford as your quarterback? I think there's going to be quite a bit of improvement. I think you have him. You have underneath throws, which he likes to get the ball to. Whether it to be the Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, but you've got your deep X throw receiver in Deshaun Jobs, or Deshaun Jackson. Is he gonna be healthy enough this whole season to maintain success? that remains to be seen. But you have Cam Akers, a young running back who looked really good last year. So very intrigued because the Bears they faced Matthew Stafford a ton of times. They know Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has faced the Bears a ton of times as well so we both know each other and this is a matchup that kind of happens every year the Bears and the Rams the Rams kind of dealt the Bears bear uh, loss that sent them spiraling down last year so this is an intriguing rematch and matchup in which could be two very different looking teams that we see week 1 than we did week 17 or even in the wild card playoffs last year then the final game on the slate, Monday Night Football, you have the Baltimore Ravens going to the Death Star to meet the Las Vegas Raiders. This will be intriguing to see if Lamar has taken another step in the passing game. Broad and Sammy Watkins drafted Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. You, had, you have Marquise Hollywood-Brown. You signed Alejandro Villanueva to replace uh, Orlando Brown, who you traded to the Chiefs. How will this offensive line look? You drafted some good defensive pieces as well. How will this defense look? In front of the Raiders, this inconsistent team last year where they looked as spurts. They can beat teams such as the Chiefs, but then they struggled in games with the Jets. So how do the Las Vegas Raiders look? Surprising draft picks especially in the first round will this defense fare any better and where they could barely pressure the quarterback last year but Derek Carr ever going to return to MVP form to me that answer is no but Darren Waller has looked great will Henry Ruggs take another step we'll see a lot in this matchup Monday night but I'm giving this a B matchup just because of the intrigue I like with Las Vegas, that being Monday night. And I forgot to give my Bears Rams intrigue, but I'm giving that also an A. I'd give it a lower A like an A minus. But Bears your week one matchup. You've got some of my favorite matchups in there, you know, with the Bears, Rams, the Browns, Chiefs, Cardinals, Titans, Seahawks, Lions, opening with the Cowboys, Buccaneers. So a lot of great games on a slate. The rest of the schedule will be revealed later tonight. And then my next podcast, I will be doing a deep dive to all the intriguing matchups, excluding week one, just weeks two to 18 now. Weird saying there's going to be 18 weeks in a football season my whole life. It's been 17 weeks. 18 weeks does sound a little strange. Now moving on to the NBA. I was right on the Atlanta Hawks beating the Wizards. I was 1-for-0 so far that night in my basketball picks. I thought Trey Young would be too much to handle for the Wizards with Bradley Beal being out. That ended up being the case, but that was overlooked because Russell Wilson, or Russell, Russell Westbrook broke Oscar Robinson's record for most uh, triple doubles forever in a career, a record that's been standing for over 47 years, Russell Westbrook broke it, and to me, he was bound to break it after averaging a triple double, I think three straight seasons, I believe this is his fourth or fifth one, he's been brilliant, and that's just what he does, that's what a player he is, he's played so hard, he's so athletic, I uh, bet he impacts the stat sheet Every night, And I've never seen a player impact the stat sheet uh, so more than Russell Westbrook. But it doesn't translate to team wins. He doesn't play a team game. Even though he impacts it offensively, defensively with a rebounding assist, whatever. He just doesn't play the team game. And he's not clutch as well. That was highlighted because he missed the game-winning three-pointer. And that's just been his whole career uh, game, missing three-pointers. I don't believe he'll ever be a champion in this league. I do believe he's a top ten or top five point guard. But when you've got Magic Johnson and Steph Curry and others around there, uh, you can put LeBron as a point guard as well. So it's just hard because he never won a chip to validate all of his Things, but you know, you do have great players that never win uh, chips, uh, such as Carl Malone and Charles Barkley, and it's tough. And he's had chances to win it, but he didn't. But congratulations to Russell Westbrook, uh, surpassing what we thought was an unsurpassable feat. But he did it, and I think this record could still stand for many, many years to come. Then the other game I was right about was the Golden State Warriors beating the Utah Jazz. Steph Curry with a late three, the dagger three. I believe they were down uh, by two, 116-114, and Steph Curry hit that three. Uh, He missed one, got their offensive rebound. Draymond passed it out to him, made the three. That's been synonymous all year long with him. 36 points was brilliant, but also that game, Jordan Clarkson was brilliant with 41 points. Jordan Poole with a nice kind of half-court three as well in that game. But Golden State was just better from three, better from a three-point line uh, and had less turnovers. And that led uh, to Golden State... Winning that game. And that was in all the uh, Warriors did. Then the next night, which was last night, they beat the Suns on back-to-back nights. Andrew Wiggins showing up for Golden State. The fourth quarter comeback was real. The Warriors completed it. Uh, They surprised Devin Booker and CP3. In that game. Then you had the Lakers and the Knicks. No LeBron. But AD. Taunting Spike Lee. After the Lakers overtime win. Which was great. Taylon Horton Tucker. With the game winning three. That man I think can be a star in the league. Led the team and assist yesterday. Kyle Kuzma. Made also a couple of big shots. They're trying to avoid the play-in tournament. And when they did that by winning uh, yesterday, it helped their chances. But also hurt the Knicks because it dropped them from the 4th spot to the 6th spot. That's not a matchup you want to be in playing the Bucks. They want that 4 or 5. So that was a huge loss for the Knicks. And what the Knicks have looked great both offensively and defensively. But they could just not get the win uh, yesterday but tonight you might have LeBron returning most likely against the Houston Rockets who knows if AD deal play uh, had a little I believe groin injury in the win yesterday so who knows if he plays but the Rockets being so bad LeBron should be able to be on the court two minutes and help this team beat the Rockets James Harden returning against the Nets with the Bucks losing against the Spurs Brooklyn can be that much closer to clinching the second seed if they win tonight. How will James Harden look in that game? But you had Golden State clinch a play in spot, whether it be eight or nine. Same with the Memphis Grizzlies, clinch a play in spot. So they have clinched play ins which means technically it's not the playoffs because they have to win their uh, games to get a playoff spot. Same with the Charlotte Hornets and Indianapolis and uh, B&E and the Pacers but it's looking more clear with the Mavericks winning their division uh, with the Phoenix loss yesterday Utah Jazz has locked up a division but you have a Clippers Nuggets right there for three and four all very interesting Philadelphia hasn't won their division tonight but tomorrow they can do so against the Heat we shall see but a lot of intriguing stuff before the play and start next Tuesday. But tonight I'll pick two games. The first, the Wizards and the Hawks. And because Bradley Beal is still out after that game winner, or that game uh, the game won by Atlanta Hawks, I do believe the Atlanta Hawks will still win again and take another matchup from the Wizards. Then you have the Trailblazers and the Jazz. And the Utah Jazz kind of want to lock up the top spot throughout all the playoffs when tonight here would do so. And I think they want to get that done sooner than later. And I believe they can beat Portland coming off coming off a huge loss from the Golden State Warriors. So that is it on the NBA front. Now moving on to NHL. I was 2-0 and in my picks. On Monday for NBA for NHL I was one and two I was right about the Oilers and Canadians Canadians are just a fluke and Connor McDavid with like 102 uh, points it's just ridiculous so I was right on that Stars and Blackhawks picked it for my brother and I thought I'd be right but Stars beat them in overtime even though uh, Delia had a great game for the Blackhawks 45 saves on 50 shots that's great, to brink it, a goal score, And then I was wrong on the Kings. I thought they could beat the Blues, but they lost in overtime. But also that same night, you had the Bruins and Taylor Hall's amazing overtime winner where he just put the puck through the skates of a defender, finished it with a nasty backhand uh, to clinch the three seed. The Avalanche beat the Golden Knights. Leonard, with yet another loss, uh, made it to where the Golden Knights cannot capture the President's Trophy. Yesterday, Alexander Ovechkin was back, propelled them to a win against the Bruins, in which will be their first round matchup. But right now, I'm going to give you my top five teams in the NHL. Number five, the Colorado Avalanche. Why? Well, they're on a three-game winning streak. Still in play for the president's a trophy with two games remaining over the Kings. Their offense has been great this year, but as of late, to me, what has stood out more than their offense is Philip Grubauer, who's been amazing. The trade acquisition of Devin Dubnik, I believe, has pushed Grubauer to be a better goalie, and he has looked fantastic on this winning streak. And even in games they lose, it's 2-1, 3-2. So he's giving them chances and putting his team in a spot to win games. That's why the Colorado Avalanche are there. Number four, the Pittsburgh Penguins moving up a spot. Why? Well, they're on a three-game winning streak. They won their division first time in seven years. So I have to get on this. They've looked good. Everybody is now healthy. Evgeny Malkin, Kasperi Kapanen, Tanev, Jeff Carter. That addition has turned out great. He's looked better, you know, in a month with the Pittsburgh Penguins than he did in three months with the Los Angeles Kings this year. So that has turned out to be surprisingly really good. Tristan Jari has been back into his All Star form from last year, and we'll see if that. Carries into playoffs, but that's why they're number four. Number three, the Florida Panthers. Who expected them to finish number three this year? Not me. They're on a six-game winning streak. Just beat the Lightning back-to-back, and now they'll have to do it again or at least beat them four times out of seven. But they have home ice when they face them because of those wins. The Florida Panthers have looked really good this year. Balanced scoring, even though it's been led uh, by Barkov, and Huber Dover goalies have been good. Drager, Bob Roski, Florida Panthers are the real deal. The Carolina Hurricanes are number two. Why? Well, they're sitting at three straight losses, which is why they're no longer number one. They were the inside track to win the President's Trophy but can no longer do that, but it's no biggie to them because they already clinched the division before they lost those three straight games. So very kind of sitting back and idle, knowing they'll face a team they are familiar with that they just played twice to finish out the season, the Nashville Predators. And then number one is the Vegas Golden Knights, winners out of three of their past four, or actually they were winners of three in a row before Monday night. And to me, that game proved to me that the team rallies at least this year, more behind Marc-Andre Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury has been the man in net with the more wins, with a more consistent play. Robin Leonard has not been that guy this year. To me, the roles have reversed from last year. Marc-Andre Fleury should be the starter come playoff time. He's got the proven experience. He's got three cups to show for it. So it's very good For Vegas to move forward with one goalie in mind. And I believe after that last performance, it should be a flurry. So there's my top five teams in the NHL right now. Number five, Colorado Avalanche. Number four, Pittsburgh Penguins. Number three, Florida Panthers. Two, Carolina Hurricanes. And one, the Vegas Golden Knights. Other semi big news: The Rangers fired their head coaching staff or their coaching staff in general, uh, David Quinn, in assistance. They only kept their goalie coach, which I thought would be happening after they fired their general manager and president and promoted Chris Drury uh, to that role. I thought he would be gone, and to me, he just hasn't been a coach either to kind of galvanize that young team. I think they can find a better replacement, and I do believe. The Rangers will be taking that next step next year. But David Quinn got him on track, and he should have nothing uh, to be upset about. He's a great filler coach. But then it's also looking like Kucherov is going to return from the playoffs, which brings another dimension to that Panther series that the Panthers and no team in that division have seen so far. That'll be interesting to see because I don't like Kucherov, but how will that pan out with the Tampa Bay Lightning? Tonight I'm picking two games. First, the Vegas Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks. I'm picking the Vegas Golden Knights because I believe Fleury should start in in goal tonight and get that final win and give them the inside track for the Petra Preza Dents Trophy. Fleury has been the goalie This year, his numbers prove it. He's played twice as many games, twice as many wins, uh, more shutouts, better save percentage, less goals allowed. Uh, You start him in to get him fresh because who knows when the playoffs start for the West division. Then I'm also going to pick the Kings and Avalanche. Avalanche, a team trying to catch up uh, to the Vegas Golden Knights in terms of the standings. But also, by winning tonight, they would clinch at least a first-round home ice game. And I believe the Avalanche want to do that and host the Minnesota Wild, not the other way around. So I had the Avalanche winning tonight. That is my NHL news. Now finally, a little MLB before we wrap up. That is... My intrigue matchup on Monday was the Angels and Astros. And that did not disappoint as the Angels rallied in the sixth inning, down 4-1 to one, to win 5-4 to four in what really was a fantastic game uh, for both teams. Then yesterday, Luke Boyd, Major League Baseball home run champion last year, Return for the Yankees off of IL and his stint in the triple A uh, didn't look great, grounded into a double play, but that didn't mean anything because Aaron Judge looked good. Giancarlo Stanton looked well too. DJ LeMahieu, The and Gary Sanchez ripped a home run. Jordan Montgomery had a couple good innings as well. Chapman with a save. Uh, this is the kind of game I was expecting against the Rays. Rays played the Yankees so well, uh, but the Yankees went into Tampa Bay and handled and took care of business. So today in the MLB, you have a Padres and Rockies doubleheader, which is on right now. The Colorado Rockies are winning 1-0 at top of the third. Hugh Darvish is pitching. He's on the mound today. He has a start. We'll see how he is. The Phillies Nationals in that NL uh, East game. And then you have the Yankees and Rays again tonight. Garrett Cole on the mound. 4-1 this year. How will he handle the Tampa Bay Rays? He's been great this year. But we'll see with the lineups available tonight how each one will fare. But that's it. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of your day. I'll talk to you guys soon. Of course, next show will be more NFL news schedule week 2 to week 18. I'm break that down, but until then, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye everybody.